Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every week on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We run for about a half hour and then it's available for replay and also on a whole bunch of different podcast outlets. The program is an expansion really upon the book that we wrote a few years back called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And that book was derived from many, many years, 30 plus years in Nancy's case and about 14 years in my case of facilitating pet loss groups. So we tried to take everything that we learned from the sharing that went on in those meetings and compile it into a very compact form that would be helpful for people who are going through the loss of a of a beloved pet this medium that we're on right now allows us to extend our reach and to communicate with you so please do write to us feel free to to write to us and you can reach me at ken ddv at gmail.com and you can reach nancy at n saxton lopez at csmpc.com that's n s a x t o n l o p e z at csmpc.com when you write to us if you tell us a story of your own situation uh, we will write back to you one or both of us will write back to you we also wonder if you'll allow us to share it so please let us know if it be okay with you for us to share it. We only share using first names. And also you can let us know if you are willing to have us share it, whether there are certain parts of your story that maybe you would prefer were not shared. Of course, you don't have to do that. You don't have to share it. We're going to write, write we back to you. We certainly will get back to you anyway, really. I mean, we'd like to do that right away if possible. So you, you can support our work in a number of ways. There, All of this is 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 written on the uh, description under the under the video or under the audio recording. So Venmo, Pod, uh, PayPal, a monthly subscription. By the way, we have a new subscriber named Lily, and thank you so much, Lily, for that subscription. And also, this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Mass. You can learn more at DakinHumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. Dakin sponsors a monthly cost-free Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate. It is usually on the second Tuesday of the month and runs 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. You will find an RSVP link in the program description, and the next meeting will be on April 11th. And you're very welcome to join from anywhere in, in the, the world. country, anywhere in the world. We've had people from all over the place, and it's always been a, a, a really poignant and helpful conversation for those who participate. And finally, please consider pressing the subscribe button on YouTube if you find this program valuable, because when you do that, it affects the algorithm on YouTube in a way that helps other people who would benefit from this resource to see it come up earlier on the list when they ask for support. So please do subscribe if you think that this program offers value. Nancy, you want to start us? Yeah. And I also think that, I think you said that the group is free. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, the group is 100% free. So it doesn't cost you anything. And uh, and again, it's sponsored by Dakin Humane. And it's mm-hmm. also sponsored by one of their sponsors. And you can learn more about that when you, when you RSVP. 
So we have a lovely story, another one of these heartbreaking but heartwarming stories from Malika about her Ollie. Um, and it's interesting because of like all of our stories, pretty much, you know, these animals mean so much to us. You know, they're part of our lives. They give us such comfort. They go through so much with us. It's, you know, again, you can't have a relationship with a human being like you can with a dog or a cat or another companion animal. So um, I'm going to start. Ken and I are going to share reading the story. Um, dear Ken and Nancy, I apologize that this is long. Please know that you do not need to read it all yourself, which we do, or on your podcast. We will. We are. <laughs> However, the detailed stories on your podcast have provided me with great comfort. So I thought maybe mine could do the same if you decide to share. You are welcome to, and it would be an honor to have Ollie's story on your podcast. I write this after listening to your podcast pretty much constantly since saying goodbye to my little muffin my tricolor corgi named Ollie. Your podcast has been the only thing that feels like a balm in my now very empty condo. I have been obsessed with animals, dogs in particular, my entire life. Losing my first fur baby feels like it has torn my soul from my body. I never anticipated getting a purebred dog. I'd volunteered a shelter since the day I turned 15 and was allowed to. However, many years later, I contacted a corgi breeder just to see. I was in a tumultuous relationship at the time, and the comfort of the breed of dog that I grew up with was beckoning. I had attempted to find rescue corgis to no avail. The breeder emailed back that she was booked out over a year. I felt a sense of relief that I could stay true to my values and find a shelter puppy. However, a couple hours later, she called me. She was traveling near my town with a corgi pup that a family had just decided they couldn't take. Did I want him? As soon as I saw the picture, I knew he was mine. It felt too serendipitous. If I had contacted her any other day, he would have gone to someone else. But I contacted her mere hours before she desperately needed to drop him off somewhere. At the time, I lived at a ski resort in Colorado, and Ollie had great adventures barreling through the snow, climbing mountains, and chasing golf balls that floated in the streams. My tumultuous relationship with the boyfriend ended. Ollie stayed. He was my rock, my levity when the world felt like too much. Just before COVID, I moved back home to Missouri. A few years slipped by, and I could not believe that Ollie was turning five. This seemed far too old, and I told him he needed to live at least 30 more years, although rationally I assumed it'd be probably more like 10 or a few more if I was lucky. Never, never did I expect that he had only one year left. About four months ago, Ollie was not interested in, in the popcorn that he always begged for me to share with him. While everyone around me said not to worry, I had a sense that a dark cloud was descending for months although I could not figure out what. When the weekend ended and he was still not himself, I knew something was wrong. I was terrified that he might have eaten something in the surgery. I was also concerned that I was being a helicopter parent again and that absolutely nothing was wrong. When the emergency veterinarian told me that he most likely had 
hemangiosarcoma, I think I said that right, an incredibly aggressive blood cancer, and that if we did not remove his spleen, we would need to say goodbye immediately. I figured she was speaking about some other dog, not my Ollie, not Ollie who was only five, who was the wrong breed, the wrong size, the wrong age to get this cancer, not Ollie who had been given two walks every day and the best food and the most love, not Ollie who I had helicoptered in so many ways to ensure his safety, yet now he had something that I could not protect him from. After the splenectomy, I went into a flurry of research. I learned to make him human-grade food. I added supplements that even the vet decided to add to their cancer treatment regime. We pursued chemo with quality of life as a priority. Ollie seemed happy. He still went for walks, still loved to train and play brain games, still loved his yak cheese with a passion. But I was lost. This was not supposed to happen, not to my innocent baby not to the one of my very few family members. As an only child, Ollie was one of only five family members I had left. The prospect of losing him, especially of him suffering before I lost him, was excruciating. I found myself reaching out multiple times each night to ensure he was alive. I was constantly trying to assess if he was happy, if he was in pain. The unknown amount of time left made it feel like the grim reaper was constantly watching over our shoulders. I cried on a daily basis and occasionally screamed myself hoarse in the car so Ollie would not have to hear. The cancer progressed faster than anyone had predicted, ruthlessly ignoring all of my attempts to out-research it. Ollie's final week was not anticipated, but in the best possible way. He seemed healthier than he had in months. He played. He was goofy. He was in love with all the food. I actually said the night before he passed that it seemed like maybe he was actually healing. A few hours later, a tumor ruptured, and we were praying, uh, preparing to say goodbye. The only thing I wanted more than keeping him with me forever was ensuring he did not suffer one second more than necessary. The goodbye happened swiftly for his sake, but left me unsure of what happened desperately needing to go back in time to give him more hugs, more playtime, more presence. If only I had known it would be so soon. As a graduate student in marriage and family therapy, I was overwhelmed with work, internship classes, and taking care of Ollie. Sometimes I am consumed with guilt that I could have done more and that I could have done less homework and more time with Ollie, more snuggles, more playing. I wonder constantly if I caused this. Did growing up on a golf course cause his cancer? Did my anxiety cause him too much stress? Did I feed him the wrong food? I will never know this. I know, yet it haunts me. It has only been a few days, and yet he already feels far away from me. I'm terrified of forgetting how soft his ears were, how his feet always smelled like Fritos, how he would paw at me, I think we've heard that before. Actually. Yes, I think when, we have too. When he wanted more belly scratches, I did. I do not want to sweep his fur off my floor to move any of the toys he was left. He has left around the house, including the last cardboard box that he destroyed looking for the treat inside. I sleep with his stuffed lobster in my bed in the spot he used to be. I carry his collar in my purse 
during the day and in my pocket when I go for walks. I talk to him. I write to him. I ask everyone I know if they think we will see our pets again someday. They all say yes, and yet it does not feel like a certain enough truth. I need to know, and yet I can't. I obsessively look for signs that he is out there somewhere. It feels unbearable to not know if I will see him again. I do know this. I asked Ollie's spirit for signs if he was able. I realized that I cannot plan these, although I catch myself begging him for specific ones, like maybe some paw prints in the snow next to my footprints. As far as I can tell, it doesn't work this way. But yesterday on a hike in his honor, the forest was covered in turkey tail mushrooms. Anyone who has been through the agony of hermangiosarcoma knows that these are one of the few treatments to offer even a sliver of solace. During Ollie's treatment, I always said these mushrooms were his savior, something to give us hope. I had always wanted to see them in nature, and here they were everywhere. Last night, I dreamed that I was in bed alone. Ollie was gone. Some force pulled me off the bed into Ollie's doggy bag bed on the floor. He always slept with me except for that last night when he wanted to be on the floor. And when I was in his bed, I realized that all was safe and good. I do not know if this was him, but I know it felt more real than most dreams I've ever had. This is perhaps the most important story, and I hesitate to share it because even experience it myself, it still sounds a bit crazy. But I want to share it because stories like this on your podcast have given me hope and maybe I can do that for someone else. One night, a couple of weeks before we said goodbye, I was opening the sliding door to my backyard. What looked like a white ball of light floated over the threshold into the house. I jumped, but figured my eyes were messing with me. But then Ollie went bonkers. He raced around the light, then around the house, whining and barking. He continued to run back and forth from the back door to where the light seemed to go. I've never seen him act like this. I actually thought maybe it had been a mouse and searched under the, all of the furniture. No mouse. I told friends about this because it had seemed like such an intense and strange moment, but I had no idea what had happened. After Ollie passed, I remembered the moment and Googled what it meant to see a white ball of light. Not that Google knows all, but it told me that a white orb represents guardian spirits, often coming to provide comfort. It said that pets are particularly sensitive to, sen to seeing these energies. During my cancer research, I had read what you also mentioned on your podcast, that often deceased relatives come to visit and help the dying with transition. I thought this sounded comforting, so I'd asked my grandpa if when it was time he could help Ollie cross over and make sure he had someone there. I wonder now if that white light was my grandpa coming to be with Ollie. I sure hope so, because that means maybe one day in the future, can, Ollie can be the white light that comes to be with me. I've learned so much from Ollie, my little guru. I knew he would teach me to say goodbye. I only had hoped it would be much further down the road. I hope that he knows I loved him unconditionally and always will. Thank you for all the support, love, and hope you offer those of us who connect so deeply with animals. To anyone who hears this story, thank you for listening to my Ollie Bear's story and know that you are not alone. What a lovely story. Really, right? really beautiful. Really beautiful. And there's there's so much content here. Right. 
that you know she she talks about <clears throat> doing everything possible good <laughs> to keep him healthy that she's helicoptering as she describes it and fate had other ideas and i just feel like that's so important it's such a theme size because yeah. people can you can do everything right and then some and there are factors that are just way beyond our ability to anticipate or control. And that's what happens. That's what happens in life a lot. And that's what happens in these situations with our pets. We do everything we possibly can give, to give them a healthy, happy, energetic, adventurous life. And then something like this hits. Happens. And as she said, it's, it's, he's, he's not the kind of dog where this would be something you'd have to worry about or something you might think would be genetically predictable. It's not like that. And yet it happened. Well, it goes back to the control issue, right? Because yep, yep, we yep. believe, or we look at, we, we get our beautiful animals and those of us who really love animals and they're part of our family, like she said, right? Mm -hmm. I only have five family members and Molly is one of them, but you know, what happens with that is uh, there's this this need and mission to do everything possible to love them and to take care of them and to give them what they need and to, to be there as much as possible now after he had died right she said did i give him enough cuddles did i give him yeah. enough of the right food did i and you know yes 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 uh Malika, you did, but or Melika, I think it is. I'm sorry if I pronounce that wrong. Um, but you did. You gave him everything possible that you could have given him. But that doesn't take away the fact that we have guilt. Yeah, and, and also she's she's doing all of this. She said I couldn't out research the cancer. That's right. I thought that was really powerful. That she was doing everything imaginable. She was doing all this research and. And she actually added an element to the treatment that her on her dog's oncologist appropriated. So she was doing something with the food that was apparently really something that would be useful for other patients as well. And so, and, and yes, all of this, all of the recriminations, did my anxiety cause too much stress? Did I feed him the wrong food? I mean, all it's amazing. It's just it's just inescapable for us when when our dog or cat or other beloved animal passes. We just have to go over and over and over. Did we do enough? Yeah, did we do everything? And we got it. We did get a comment from Anne. Thank you, Anne. And yeah. her comment is very true. Control is an illusion. Yeah. Right, and you can't control everything. Yeah. And you are correct. Although, although we want that, but yep. we cannot ever really have that. Illness and death will come, and we really can't stop it, even though we can try our best to. You know, and I also I also like the orb thing, right? I mean, yes, I mean, I think it's very. So you, yeah, you go on. You say well, we we have had thing. people in the past, right? Way back a year or so ago, year maybe almost two years. Um, Sally sent us her, her the ring um, video. Oh, yeah, the picture. 
right? That there was an orb and then there were two orbs. She had two dogs, I believe, Mm -hmm. that had died somewhat Mm -hmm. close together. And, you know, this was on her camera and she sent it to us. So um, I think that that was really helpful, Mm -hmm. you know, to Mm -hmm. know this is what, you know, she was looking for that, that, you know, Ollie is with her or will visit her, right? Yeah. Well, it's, one of the things that the way she opens this, she says, this is perhaps the most important story. And I hesitate to share it because I right. experience it myself. It still sounds a bit crazy. This is very typical when people have these paranormal experiences. And I've had this ex- kind of experience, too. It feels like. Like you kind of can't believe it, even though you experienced it. Right. And and so it feels like an experience that's outside of what's every day to the extent that you don't really remember it as being yeah, it's like a dream or something right and you're yeah, like did that really happen you're clear that you know you remember it you witnessed it but but we're so programmed to disbelieve certain perceptions mm-hmm. and i thought that was very important what she said it, it still sounds a bit crazy even to herself right and I think that's the way that many people experience these things, even though they actually have, you know, seen what they've seen or felt what they felt. It's like, did that really happen? And that's right. so it's one of the reasons that it's so hard to grapple with this kind of extra normal experience because it's exactly that. It's outside the norm and we don't really have yeah. a way to hold on to it that feels like it makes sense or like it's even sane. Well, it, and yet it happens. She was also uh, um, propelled to go to his bed, right? Yeah, and then yeah. felt felt much yeah. better being yeah. in his bed, and that yeah. everything was okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so, which look, not everyone will have these experiences. Although we have talked from time to time that you may hear them, you may see them, yep. you 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 may feel them around. Um, if you do believe in the spirituality of this, I mean, I, for me, I do, and I've mm-hmm. seen my Hank, um, and I think it's, it's just such a comfort. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's just a real comfort. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and I, I tell you last night, both my husband and I had dreams in which our about Abigail was present at the same time <laughs> that really she strange. visited. And I was talking to a friend of mine who is, I consider to be sort of more involved with, with Wicca or that kind of different spirituality. And she said, well, that's, that's for sure a visit. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> and uh, so, again, it's a gift when that happens. Yeah. It's a gift. And it Anne is. wrote us another note. She said, yes, I also I lost my Welsh Corgi a few weeks ago. Oh, I tuned so into his soft ears. He was 14 years old and had gone blind, deaf, and had nasal cancer. Oh, so, so we're sorry so to hear sorry, that. And it's nice to have you with us for this conversation. And he has a corgi, and this yeah. little Ollie was a corgi too. And know? and also the, the mushrooms, that was an interesting thing to Yeah. Exactly what the connection to treatment is, but it sounds like they are part of the treatment regimen. Yeah. And that she And she wanted to see them in the nature and she did. Yeah. yeah. And that was that was a sign for her, right? Yep. Yep. So I yep. mean look, and as she said, and as we titled this, 
she learns so much. We learn so much yeah. for yeah, our yeah. companion animals. Yeah. They are so pure and they're so wise in so many other ways. We get caught up. We humans get caught up with stuff. They're just pure and simple and yeah. loving. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They, they don't get really mad. They don't, they just enjoy their life. Right. Yeah. 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 And we, you know, we had our, we had our pet loss support group two days ago for this month. And there was a person there very poignantly talked about the wisdom that she's gained. She had lost five, five dogs oh over many, God. many, many years, mm. as you will, as we will. When yeah, as we get older. Dogs. And she just talked about the gifts of understanding love and the cycle of love and the cycle of life and understanding that we have, uh, we only have, these relationships for a limited time and really we only have everything for a limited time and it kind of goes mm -hmm. back to Anne's comment about control as an illusion we think yeah. we think we've got everything under control and we have we don't have anything under control really just a little no. bit <laughs> well and that there is a saying that's going around on social media because I do a lot of I get a lot of information on on pet loss and so forth that I have to remember you longer than I had you with me yeah yeah. Which I think was is is so true. It's beautiful, yeah. but it, and it's so true. Yeah, because they just don't live long enough. And and one of the things I, I just also wanted to comment on is this is another theme that we see, and it, it is that in the immediate aftermath of the loss, it feels sometimes hard to hold on to the memories. Yeah. And so when 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 we're talking about things like I can't I can't. I hope I can remember what it I can remember like, what Ollie's feet smelled like and stuff like that. It's very typical that memory is scrambled, short-term memory is scrambled in the immediate aftermath of loss, and then it resettles later. So mm -hmm. it's another one of those things that we just want to be kind of kind to ourselves and not feel like we're losing we're losing our minds. We're we're going mm -hmm. through a grief process which is very just muddling. emotionally draining and discombobulating, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Now, the other thing that we've talked about here on the, some of the podcasts is when those memories start to come back, it's or it, they are present. It's probably not a bad idea to write them down. Yeah, and to have yeah. some kind of a memory book that, as the years go by, because remember, years will go by for all of us most of yep. us, um, depending on our age, but, you know, that we want to remember, yep. you know, those moments that gave us such joy with that companion animal. Yep. Yeah. So we want to thank Melika very yes. much for sharing Ollie's yes, story with us. You. Thank you so much. It, it, I'm, I, we know that it will touch many people and and uh, we know that it takes courage to, to open up and share this. Yes. It's very intimate. And yeah, we can yeah. we, we can maybe talk about next week, right? Because we have sure, a guest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have been affiliated with uh, Dr. Sheila McCaffrey, who is a euthanasia acupuncture hospice vet. And so we're going to have her on the program next week where she can address, you know, these really difficult end of life, you know, situations. Yep. So we'll look so, forward to that. Mm -hmm. So thank you again, Nancy. It's always a good conversation and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again next week with our guests. Take care, everyone.
Bye-bye.